Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? This is Supriya Mehra, your mortgage advisor, and you're listening to the Canadian Real Estate 101 podcast. More people than ever are building generational wealth through real estate. And on this show, I sit down with some of the top real estate agents, lawyers, accountants, and investors to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies that they are taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Canadian Real Estate 101 podcast. This is your host, Supriya Vera, and I'm so grateful that you are here with me today. In today's episode, we have David Eady. David is a certified executor advisor who has worked in the financial planning industry in Montreal for more than 35 years. He has advised hundreds of clients, written over 200 articles about personal finances, and shared his expertise on radio and television numerous times. Due to his personal experience of grief, frustration, and stress of a life-altering experience, David was determined to help families with estate planning and executorship. In today's episode, David shares what estate planning entails, why it is so important to have these discussions early on, and what could be the implications of not having your estate planned in the right way. So without further ado, let's get rolling. Hello, David. Thank you so much for joining me today at Canadian Real Estate 101 podcast. How are you? I am fine, Supriya. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, it's definitely my pleasure because like we were sharing uh, our story um, right before recording. Oh my God, you nod your head. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> so earlier this year, uh, we both me and my husband have been having discussions about we have to get our will done. We have to get our will done. And uh, call it procrastination, call it being lazy. Or no, it's whatever. called procrastination. We're calling it. That's what okay. it is. <laughs> I'm, see, I told you I'm going to call myself on it. Um, we just didn't get to even look into that. So when uh, you and your team reached out to me that, uh, you know, you want to jump on board and uh, share about this topic, because I think a lot of us take it for granted, to be quite honest, right? Like we don't take it seriously until and unless, unfortunately, a major life event happens or their life moment that happens. We don't see an urgency to do that. So I'm really grateful for your time, and uh, I'm super excited to learn tons about our topic today. So before we get on to it, why don't you tell us, our listeners, our audience, a little bit about who you are, what you do, how you help people, and how did you get into it, by the way? Well, I've, um, I'm a certified executive advisor. I've been in the financial planning industry for over 35 years here in Montreal. And how I came about to fall into this area of the financial planning industry is that um, about 10 years ago, uh, my parents uh, passed away. And um, it was uh, seven years, 10 court appearances and $50,000 of lawyer's fees to sell their estate. And they had a will. And every time I would talk to a, a client when I was going through the, the tough times or I would, um, you know, talk to a, an executor, they would tell me about one of the stories that they were having and the trouble they were having and how their family had broken up. And um, during COVID, I didn't want to go through what other, you know, what people were, uh, 
other people were going through. So I decided to write the book during COVID. Uh, we were during the lockdown. And um, it's been, I don't want to toot my own horn, but uh, the book's been very successful. And it's only because when you said you and your husband have been procrastinating, you're, you're no different than any uh, anyone else. That's probably between 60 to 70% of Canadians don't have an estate or a will plan for the simple reason they either avoid the subject, they don't want to talk about it, they procrastinate, or they take their apathetic saying, I'm dead. What di- what's, what difference is it going to make? But spoiler alert, we're all going to die. So um, you need to prepare not only yourself, but you also need to prepare the executor and also prepare your family because you don't know when it's going to happen and you don't want to leave your family disorganized and in chaos. And that's what usually happens. Uh, that's what happened in uh, our case. Um, even though I'm in, in the industry, I have my parents do their wills. They didn't have the conversations with with the, the three kids, and one of the three didn't uh, didn't think that you know uh, equal was fair enough. So we had to go to court, and that's why it cost fifty thousand dollars. Oh, that's uh, definitely not a story that we want to hear. And uh, hopefully none of us has to go through that. So why don't we start from here? Uh, what is a will, first of all, for people who do not know what exactly that is? Do you want to explain what that is? Well, I would say a will is a, a document. Um, it's, it's a document that's going to say what's going to happen to all of your, your assets, um, you know, your 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 investments, your home, you know what's good, what the directions, your wishes are of what will happen to your kids. It's a wide variety of um, it's a, it's a document which you know can be written by a lawyer, a notary. It can be done on online. Um, even a handwritten will will be recognized. But it's a, some sort of document that's going to say what you would like your assets to. Uh, happen to them uh, happen what you, what you want to happen to with their your their assets now a lot of people will say well i don't have a lot i don't need a will well if you've got a you know a house or a car even just a little bit of money in the bank you've got assets and you need to know you have to let your executor and also your family members what your wishes are and then i think another thing that people don't think about um which has become more prominent is their digital assets all of those logins and passwords. If something was to happen to you tomorrow, who has the logins and the passwords to your your laptops, your tablets, even your cell phone? Um, you know, and you've got all those, um, you know, passwords and logins. They say that there's about for every one digital email, there's probably about 130 digital um, identities, meaning Netflix, Amazon. Um, uh, you know your your banking, all of those things there could be tied to just one um, one uh, email address. So you need to have, besides your estate, which would be mentioned in your will, you also want to make sure that you take care of your digital assets. So all of that will be all encompassing with your will, and on top of that, with your will is going to say if something was to happen to you, you would have a separate uh, uh, health directives, so to speak. So you'd have the will which would happen to your assets after you die, the health directives, if you became sick, who, you know, what you want done. And then you also have a piece of paper that's going to say what happens to where all your digital assets are. Did I answer the question? 
Oh my God, in so much depth, I didn't even think about the other two aspects that you spoke about. I was just thinking like physical assets, but yes, in today's world, our digital assets are probably in some cases have so much more weight than, you know, any other assets that we might have, because you are absolutely right. There are so many things that are linked to um, our email addresses, like, um, now that you said 130, I can totally believe that. And uh, losing that would uh, not be a good idea. And you take in consideration, you run a business, so you have digital assets for there, but then you also have digital assets at home. So, you, you know, you need, you know, um, because you have a business, you also have to have a succession plan. What was to happen if something was to happen to you tomorrow? Um, and you have to have some clear guidelines of what you would want to be done with the uh, with the business. Um, if you don't, without a succession plan as a business owner, you, you're leaving the executor or your family to make the decisions. Are we going to keep the business? Are we going to sell the business? Or are we going to shut down the business? Um, and you still got to you know figure out how do you get in touch with all your suppliers that the business owner is no longer there. So over and above with a business, as a business owner, you also need a succession plan along with your will. Okay. So that explained really well what a will is. Now, what are some of the things that we should consider in order to include in our will and making sure that we haven't missed out anything? And my subsequent question will be, uh, how often does the will need to be re revisited and updated? Because as we move along, changes happen. We might liquidate some assets. We might acquire more assets. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, what would be in the will? You would have a, a long list of things that you uh, you'd want to bring up when you sit down with, uh, with a lawyer. I'm a big proponent of having a, a lawyer draw up your will, especially if you're going to be an individual with assets, you know, there's a lot of real estate holdings. You'd want to have, make sure that your will is set up so that it's going to help in terms of saving taxes for the estate. Um, I, I'm not against, you know, the online wills that are out there or, um, you know, I think to, you need a professional to make sure that your estate will be handled as trouble-free as possible. Um, going forward. So a lawyer will tell you what you're going to need. If we're talking in the areas of a business owner, you want to talk about what, you know, uh, your share agreements, you know, uh, what are the important things that you would also need is, you know, if you have kids, you know, who would you want as the guardians? You want to mention that. Um, you want to have, and as a parent, you want to have the conversations between spouses in terms of who would we want as, as, as the guardian, you know, um, what are their their moral beliefs? Are you know, the political beliefs? Are those the people? If something was to happen to to you and you you wanted the kids to be raised, who would you want them to to raise them? And also, do we have enough dollars, for example, insurance money or the estate for a trust to provide for the kids? So there's a whole range of things that you want to take um, to a lawyer to have that conversation to talk about the. Uh, uh, all the different things that you need to bring there. I'm just going to, just looking down at my book, you want to, you know, who are, who would you want as your executor? Who would you want to have look after your minor kids? I mentioned that. Who are the beneficiaries? How do you want your estate distributed among them? 
Who will be your patient advocate to make medical decisions if you're unable to do so? Are there any charitable bequests you'd like to make? Are there any special property items, cars, jewelry, artwork, collectibles that you'd like to give given to a specific person? If you have any pets, a lot of people don't think about their pets. You know, in a family, the pets are seen as a family member in the eyes of the, the law. They're just another, they're not seen as uh, as family members. So you need to make sure that you, what do you want to happen to, um, with the pets if something was happened to them? Um, if you have a business, um, do you want to keep it in the family? As I said before, have a an employee run it, sell it, or close it down. If one of your beneficiaries dies before you do, what should happen to their share? Um, and you have have you got the uh, information regarding all your assets that's necessary to complete a uh, balanced statement of all your assets and liabilities um, for your total net worth? So it's a very important to plan your uh, estate. So that's. For my book, there's like 10 things that you should be prepared to be asked when you go see a lawyer to get it organized. Yep. And in terms of my subsequent question, how often do you think this should be revisited and updated? You answered that question when you said, um, you know, things change all the time. If there's anything major life, like if you added, say, for example, in uh, your will, you, you talked about a certain amount. Um, you had three properties. And uh, you name them designated to either go to be handled by uh, go into a trust for the kids or you want them to be sold or whatever. If you added another property, say you added two more properties, so now you got five properties, you would probably name them as well. You would adjust the will. So as things get, uh, as your life changes, so should things, uh, anything major happen, you want to make sure that uh, is reflected in your will. Give you an example, uh, Kobe Bryant, the basketball player. He, you know, he did all the proper uh, state planning, except he never got around. Uh, youngest child, she wasn't named in the will when he passed away, you know, suddenly with his other daughter. So they had to go to court to make sure there was an adjustment that she would be named in the will. Because right now, at the time, she was not named as well. So as there are major events going on in your life, you want to make sure there's there's a, a distance and uh, changes to be done to it. Okay. And how uh, quick is the process to get the uh, updates or creating the will? Is it simply scheduling an appointment with your lawyer, yeah. an hour consultation, and then it can be done on the yeah, it, it would be based on how, you know, the process, working process of the uh, lawyer that you're working with. Um, but it, it's not going to be anything difficult. Think of it with the will is if something was to happen to you, you want to make sure that all of your wishes are written in that will and you want them to be carried out. So the next step is, yes, you've got the will, but you also have to have an executor. And the executor is the person that's going to carry out the wishes of your will. So when you're asking as an individual, as a testator, which would be in your case, you're writing your own will, you're asking someone to do that one big favor of you. Can you settle this to state? So you need to have that conversation with them. But you also have to understand, you as the testator and the executor, that they're looking to give up at least 100 hours of their time. A lot of times it's going to be during work. And it's going to take anywhere between 18 to 24 months to settle the estate. In my case, it was seven years. So you're asking a big favor of somebody. So you also have to think about who would be a good individual to handle this sort of responsibility. They're not going to be, they're not going to be expected to know how to do this on their own. 
99% of the people that are asked to be executors probably have no administrative know-how of how to settle an estate. But if they've got the help of a, an accountant and a lawyer, the real estate agent, that's that's the basic amount of uh, professionals you're going to need to help settle the estate. Anywhere when it comes to professionals and settling an estate, it could probably t- go up to 18 uh, different uh, professionals that you're going to need. But the basics you're going to need is the exec um, for the executor is the, the accountant, the lawyer, and a real estate agent. And probably a financial advisor if there's investments that have to be managed until the, the estate is uh, going to be uh, paid out. Okay. And would it specify in the will itself as to what happens to this uh, to the assets if they need to be disposed of or they could be transferred to one of the child? Like, how does that work? It's just depending well, the, on the will of the, uh, of the originator, of the person. It's going to be you, the testator. So if, let's say, for example, use you as an example. You and your, your husband, you've had the conversation and you say, okay, we decided who we want as our executor. So you're going to have the conversation with them. We, you know, we're, we're doing our will. We'd like you to be the executor. So you'd also want to make it easier on them to understand, let them understand that we know it's a big ask of you but we're going to do everything to make it as easy for you so that if something was to happen, everything is in place. Okay. So now in your case, because there's children, you're going to have to figure out, okay, you're going to name in the will who you you've chosen as the guardian. Okay. But then you might say, because we've got kids, they're under the age of 18, for example, if something was to happen to you, that maybe we're going to put some trusts in there so that there's money to pay out for them to go to school or for their, you know, activities, that sort of stuff. So you'd have a trust within that. Everybody's estate is different. So I just can't give a blanket, but um, answer, but because you've got properties, you've got kids, you want to make sure that everything is going to be taken care of. And then you also, also want to figure out, okay, what kind of taxes are going to be involved? If there's going to be taxes to pay, capital gains, is it going to affect? Because Say, for example, God forbid something happens to your husband, everything's going to roll over to you. So there may be some tax savings there. But then if both of you are gone, then there's going to be some capital gains. You know, not only is there uh, rental properties, maybe you've got um, a recreational property like a cottage. There's going to be taxes on that to be, you know, do you want to stay down, keep that in the family? Do we want to sell it? So there's a little bit of figuring out what's the tax aspects of uh of the estate. Like I said, every estate is different, but in terms of using you as example, you've got properties, you've got, you've got children. What do we want to happen to children? Cause I figure that's your most um, important area that you want to make sure that they're taken care of. And then you want to make sure that you've got the properties that the business is going to run. What's the succession for that. And then you also want to make sure that you've got healthcare directives. If something was to happen, um, you're not dead, but you're in a coma or you can't talk or anything like that. There's somebody that's going to be be able to make medical decisions on your behalf, but also make sure that things continue to uh, run smoothly as possible. Okay. Now, you have mentioned that you need to get somebody as an executor. How does one determine who would be that person? Could it be somebody from friends and family or... Can you find executor help, like a professional who can execute on your behalf? How does that work? Absolutely. A lot of times it's usually family or friends that are asked to be executors. There are companies that have 
professional executors, and there's no right or wrong answer. What you want to make sure what makes sense. You have to understand that if you do have a, a professional, there's going to be costs involved. So it will depend on how complex you think that your estate will be because of the things. And you might choose a professional because they don't want to get involved with the family family issues because there's going to be some arguments. So you need to figure out, okay, can I put the burden on a friend to handle the executor, uh, the executor job and then also deal with the beneficiaries? Or do I want a professional to do that? But you also have to take in mind, I mean, you may not be here, but the estate will be paying, you know, because they, they don't know you from a hole in the head. All they know is that we're going to do this as professionally as possible and make sure everything go, uh, goes well, but there's, there's a charge to it. Um, whereas you might choose somebody else as your a friend as an executor and they still can, you can still say, you know, I want them to be paid and it's uh, within their right to charge the estate for their time to settle the estate. So um, it can go either way. Again, I know I'm talking generalities because everybody's different. So you have to figure out what makes more sense. I would suggest is that you, you know, you explore, does it make sense to, you know, uh, the costs that are involved to have a, a professional? Or do you think that you can set up your executor and make it as easy as possible for them to sell the estate and save some money that way as well, save the estate some money that way too. So it's, it's, it's a lot of decisions to make, but these are things that have to, have to take place or you're going to leave the family disorganized and in chaos. And who should we have these conversations with? Obviously amongst ourselves, um, as me and my spouse, my husband, um, do we need to tell the executor that uh, are you okay for us to be assigning you as um, you know as the executor? And also, when we're deciding on the guardians, once we have finalized who the guardians would be in the scenario where they have to take care of our kids till they're eighteen, do we need to communicate it to them if they are okay for taking that responsibility as well? Well, in your case, you got a lot of conversations coming up. So the first conversations are, uh, and it's good that you're having these conversations. You're by doing these things, you're doing you're far further ahead than most Canadians. Um, like I said, sixty to seventy percent don't have a will or an estate plan. So by you starting now by having these conversations first with your husband, is you know who would we? In your case, I would start with who we want to look after the kids. Okay, so it's who would look after the kids. In my book, there's a whole, you know, there's five questions. Um, you, you'd ask those questions of yourself. Who we want as the kids. I can't find it in my book right now, but it's in there, believe me. It's, you would have that conversation first. Then you would also say, okay, who we want as the executor? And there's a, you know, a bunch of things you, you would figure out what makes a good executor. And then before you go and have the will done, make sure you've got to, you clear it with, the guardian and the the executor. Okay, yeah, it wouldn't be surprise. There you go. You for another responsibility on top of running your own family show uh, and work and whatever million responsibilities you might have here. Which is, is which is not uncommon for oh, people okay. to. Um, no, it's, it's very I'm common for people to have the will, and then they find uh, somebody finds it out that they're the executor. I have a friend of mine. 
she was uh, been asked six times to be executor. Actually, yeah, she'd been asked six times to be executor. Uh, two of them, one of them was for her, an uncle of hers. And she she just out of the blue got a phone call from the lawyer and said that uh, you've been named as the executor. And she said, nope, um, she didn't want to be involved because she knew her cousins and she knew the family dynamics and she knew it was going to be a headache. So she didn't want to be, as she put it, be part of the shit show. So she just moved on from that. Um, and then this, because they're older individuals and they're, they're female, she has taken on uh, the help out as, as, as executor. But don't be surprised if an individual that you ask turns you down because they also have the right to say no. So I would suggest you have, who is my first choice? And then maybe in the will, you you talk to your second choice as well. So if something happened to the first choice and they pass away or something, the, the, the next person would be stepped up and already named in the will. Okay. So is that a similar case when it comes to um, the garden guardians as well? That uh, is it preferred or advice to have option number, preference number one, two, three, and so on? Like if the first one says, no, I, I can't take care of your kids or your pets anymore, what happens uh, in that scenario? As much as I don't expect them to say no, but don't be surprised if they do. Um, because a lot of people will say yes because they know you and your husband, uh, they know the kids, um, and they know the family dynamics. But in the back of their head, going, do I really want to do this? So you need to figure out, you know, think who do we want? I found it in my book here. You want to find somebody if you're looking for a guardian for your kids, the willingness to be a guardian, their financial situation, where the child might live, their values, religion, or political beliefs, their skills as a parent, and their age and health. Okay. Those are things when you're going to pick someone, you're going to have to, you know, check the boxes. Is that the type of person you'd want? Okay, great. Now, Let's talk about your book. I know this is a very in-depth topic that we can go for hours just specifically talking about will. But what else does your book uh, talk about? What are some other things that once people get access to the book, they can you know get reference about? Okay, you make it sound like it's a tomb. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's, only, it's only 144 pages. It can be read in 15 days, 10 pages each day. And... No, it's too enthralling. It's like a, taint, a, tur- a page turner, not in 15 days. Um, believe me, it, it's, it's so good. The reason I wrote it the way I did, it's full of stories. A lot of this, all, not a lot, all of them are true stories. I've changed the name to pre- uh, protect the innocent. And some of them are, I put in celebrity stories as well to make the point. And people like stories and they can see the, you know, oh, I didn't know it was that way. I mean, I tell the story of Nelson Mandela, you know, in, and I talked about, you know, uh, when Nelson Mandela was alive and he came here to Montreal, I saw him as a kid, um, not a kid, I was a grown man, but I saw him uh, perf- uh, at, a, at a church here in Montreal. And then I went years later to, um, to South Africa. And then I always thought, you know, with all the great things he has done in his life, his family must be amazing. No. His family was a disaster when it came to his his estate. They fought over it, um, and there's a whole lot of stories and things that they did. They lived, um, I wouldn't say desecrate, but they were not respectful of his, of his memory. And that's 
one of the parts that I talk about is how people change when it comes to getting an inheritance and how people change when there's an estate. You really don't know about somebody until you have to share an estate an estate with them, an inheritance with them. Believe me, I know. Uh, people change. So um, my book has got a whole bunch of uh, you know stories, but at the end of every chapter, it tells you exactly what you need to do, how to deal with difficult beneficiaries, how to deal with the co-executors, how to have those difficult conversations, how do you talk to your executor. So all of those are in the book, but also at the end of the book, I've got the 50 most prominent questions and I have the answers to them about what it means to be an executor. And um, it's a quick read. It's a good read. And it just opens the eyes to a lot of people. Like I said before, and you know, you, when you said, you know, it's not a, um, you have the, you've procrastinated you and your husband. This is not a sexy topic. I get that. No one wants to talk about death. And if they could push it off as much as they can, they will. But in the same respect, it happens every day. And since COVID, a lot of people have rethought their own their own lives and the lives around them. And maybe they've seen a lot of death, uh, you know, family members, and they've changed the way they look at things. So all I've done in my book is just make it a lot easier to have those conversations and just prepare yourself and your family for when those unexpected emergencies happen. How can we get access to your book? Where can we order? How can we get more knowledge? Oh, that's the easiest question you've asked me. You've asked me some <laughs> amazing questions, but this is the easiest question. All you have to do, the book is available everywhere, but if you just go to my website, uh, com, and there you can buy the book, but I've also got free resources, checklists of what you need to do uh, if you're an executor. I've got a quiz on there. Um, about so you could find out what kind of family you are. There's three types of families when it comes to an estate. There's a family that doesn't talk about the situation, uh, doesn't want to talk about death, and they you know they they hide. There's a family that there's a will, but they let the paperwork do the talking, and they go surprise, and people are you know all upset when they find out what's in the will, and it's not what they were expecting. And then there's a family that has the communication. And, and it's organized and, and prepares the next generation. And you mentioned that um, in the beginning about intergenerational wealth. You have to have those conversations. If you want to pass your wealth on down to the next generation and pass it on, you want to make sure that it's going to be an easy transition. They, there's a statistic that says 70% of inheritance don't make it to the third generation because usually there's a fight or the assets are... are um, uh, dismantled and they no longer stay in the family. In my case, that's a, we didn't we didn't end up owning the assets that my parents did. So it ended with us. So it's, it, it it hasn't gone down to my son or my or my granddaughter. So especially if you've got buildings, you want to make sure that there's an easy transition going from and the wealth is being passed down to generation or generation. So um, on there on my website. You can buy the book. You just click. There's a button that says buy the book. You can get it at Amazon, Indigo, all of those places. Or if you want the audiobook version and you'd like for your listening pleasure, my voice talking to you in your car. Or me. Sorry? <laughs> it's very soothing. I miss Okay. Me. Well, then you can have that. And uh, you can, you know, get it at, as an audiobook version as well. So there's plenty of ways to uh, get the book. Perfect. Excellent. And we'll have the... Uh, details about your website as well on the show notes. 
Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate your time uh, today. Thank you. And welcome Chris. to your knowledge. And uh, our listeners, please, please do uh, take this seriously. Spend a weekend, spend some time with your uh, family discussing about this very important topic that most of us do procrastinate and neglect, uh, but it's a fact of life. We have to get this sorted at some point. So might as well do it now and uh, sleep peacefully knowing that our family is protected, our kids are protected. So there you go. Thanks again, David. Thanks for your time. Take care. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Okay. So there you go, my friends. I hope you got the value and urgency about creating a plan ahead of time so your families can stay together, save a lot of time and money, alleviate a ton of stress and ill feeling, and ensure that the deceased wishes are properly and efficiently carried out. You can listen to his podcast, Executor Help, and check out his self-help book, Executor Help, available through his website, www.davidedy.com, or listen to the audiobook for free on Audible. Thanks once again for listening. If you haven't been following us on social, please follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Our handle is at Canadian Real Estate 101. That's all for today, my friends. This is Supriya Mehra signing off, and I shall see you next time.